The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink Feta cheese, yogurt with honey, and a drink that turns cloudy with ice. This week, we're in Athens, Greece. I'm Brent Peterson. Join me as we eat our way through Athens on Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey in Sonoma with my friend Sandra Bernstein. Hey, Bri Bri. Hey, Sandra. We, um, so I was just standing outside and a big bus pulled up. Really? A really cool old bus, red and silver. Was it an Airstream? Uh, is it an Airstream? I don't know. I don't, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen an Airstream bus before, so I don't even think I would know. I know yeah. what an Airstream trailer looks like, but I don't know what an Airstream bus looks like. It looks like an Airstream. It's actually a flexible. That's what it's called. It's a 1953. 1953 flexible. flexible. It, yeah, it looks like something that the... Like a band in the 50s would have toured in. Interesting you mentioned that because rumor has it that it was one of Elvis's tour buses. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. But how fun to be called flexible. Like your whole name in life is flexible. <laughs> what? Well, well that's what it was called in 1953 flexible. Like they true. named something well, flexible. Well, the origin was that their first product was a. Inflexible? A, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was actually a sidecar, motor, a motorcycle sidecar company. Oh, so. my God. So if you're listening to us right now, you're probably wondering who we're talking to. And we are <laughs> so um, excited to have Jim Denavan on the show, who we are just finding out is this incredible um, artist, which I, I just thought of him as just all about food but we are learning a whole new story that we're going to learn together yeah and if you want to actually if if you're starting the show this is a perfect place to pull out your phone check out your instagram and search jim denigan d-e-n-e-g-a-n and follow him v-a-n d-e-n-e-v-a-n yeah for it used to be donovan and it was it's an immigrant story then became really because of uh, discrimination against the Irish. Oh. And there was an attempt to uh, get better jobs by changing uh, your name. name. Well, that's yeah. a, wow. that's a thing still. It is still a <laughs> thing. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so if, if um, you're listening to this um, on November 8th, um, we are actually doing an outstanding in the field dinner on November 9th, which is... And ex- you've got to explain what that means. So outstanding in the field. If I just heard you say that, I would say, I'm going to be standing out in the middle of a field and you're going to be like doing pasture d'oeuvres or something. Okay, we're doing outstanding in the beach. Okay, so I'm going to stand on the beach. I'm in my shorts. I'm catching some waves. I come out and you got some food for me coming off the barbecue? Maybe, but this is why Jim's here. He's going to explain the concept from the beginning. We're, we're going to bring chairs. They're bringing chairs and tables. But as we start out, we will be standing and there will be a field, but it'll be more so in the mountains above Stinson Beach. Oh, are you starting up in the mountain? No, but uh, starting from the beginning of Outstanding the Field, we did 
the idea was to go to where our food comes from, to set a table in that environment, and to uh, invite guests. And and this is our 20th year. So when we started in 1999, we had very few paid guests. There was a lot of friends and family pretending, wow. pretending to be guests. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the shills. The, the bleeding, uh, you know, early adopters that, yeah, bleeding, bleeding edge instead of the, yeah, it was difficult in 1999. Farm to table wasn't a thing. Mm-mm. And communal table especially was not a thing. Sitting with strangers, they, may, they might be scary. Yeah. Force you to be uncomfortable. It might not be fun. Mm-hmm. Right. But people or you think, might not be fun. Maybe that's part of it. Exactly. You don't think you have anything to contribute. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, farm to table was uh, my brother, my brother's farm. And I was a chef at a, at a busy restaurant in Santa Cruz. And uh, my brother, Bill Denovan, is an organic grower since early 70s. Oh, that actually, makes a little bit of sense. Actually, this he was the second longest member of the CCOF after Warren Weber of Star Out Farm. Wow. He's been around for a long time. Growing apples and pears. And so being in a busy restaurant and working with the, putting the names of farmers on the menu and and uh, having people enjoy the backstory in a restaurant, then we uh, yeah decided to take it outside and so my brother's place was the second event. The first event was Andy Griffin's farm, Marikita farm, which is like also. Andy Griffin, the TV guy. No, Andy oh, Griffin. No. <laughs> That's Andy Griffith. Oh, right. Yeah. Andy Griffin. Andy Griffin, the farmer. Oh, <laughs> from Marikita. No, well, maybe Andy Griffith was a farmer. That's yeah, more like no. this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe you could do our theme song for us. Here's another version. Okay. No, that one was cool. It was no, like, it was was like awesome. you were using the thermos. Can you, can you do it to the beat the goes on? Can you do a whistle to the beat goes on? And the beat goes on. I can do a spoken thing, but I usually, do, I, I usually do originals only. Well, you can make it an original. No, that's a version of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, we digress, but that was awesome. Um, so the very first one was in Andy Griffin's farm. And how many people were at that table? About? Oh, uh, 60 people. Okay. And that probably felt big outside in the middle of, you know, a field. Um, there was only about 27 paid customers. <laughs> So it's not even break even. <laughs> no. So the so the additional customers was was very directly the attempt to get an interesting photograph. Okay. That would lead to a second mm-hmm. or third or fourth mm-hmm. or one thousand two hundred and forty fifth event, which is where we are right now. One thousand. Wait, what are we? What are we going to be? I'm guessing, but it's over one thousand two hundred events in twenty 1, years. Oh, I want to know what number we are. Um, I'll have to do the research. Yeah, that's fun. But just this year alone, we have 112 events. I couldn't believe how the schedule is. I mean, well, regular restaurants insane. don't have that many customers in one season. So we have 20,000 people at the table. That's incredible. Yeah, we so. we have that many. 
but we're busy <laughs> all the time, <laughs> except for this week. <laughs> but that's a lot of people, especially yeah. the way you're doing it. This isn't like I don't know um, how it's possible. Uh, I was thinking about the barrier of entry, like how people would cross the country and try mm-hmm. to do something like we do, and I think. Nobody would be crazy enough to try it. No. But now you have, like, I mean, I think some of the probably the biggest changes are is in the beginning you were doing it. You were just figuring out what to do doing it. Now you have a whole logistics team, um, people knowing what where they need permits. and. Yeah. Well, I have three full-time staff that deal with the bureaucratic uh, you know, hurdles. Yeah, that was that was pleasant. Yeah, lots of hurdling. <laughs> Hurdles. Uh, so the, yeah, we're having our second event on the Malibu Pier. I was thinking after the during the attempt to have the first event that we would never you know have the first event, and here we are. They're, invi- wow. they're inviting us back. We had an event on the street in Los Angeles. I mean, close the street in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's an unbelievable. The staff says, "Jim, will you please not ask us to, <laughs> to ask for this." <laughs> but, but, I mean, we are denied now and then. We 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 were trying to get on the Manhattan Beach Pier and we went to a lots a lot of uh, council meetings and oh. and the business community says, "Yeah, they're going to say yes eventually." They said no. So, but eventually you, you got on right to mm-hmm. Manhattan Beach. Only the beach itself, not the pier. Not the pier. I wanted to be on the pier. Yeah. But it's it's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, you're. I hope you're doing a hardbound book, or do you already have one out? There's a book from 2008, but yeah, we're kind of, uh, yeah, more updated. Uh, photograph- photographs are amazing. Yeah. I'm actually, I was just in Spain with a book designer, so I want to, yeah, I want to do one that's kind of strange looking and and unconventional and meaning what weird angles or just or fabric well because because i have a or a bag of sand because i have an art career career at the same time i can i can try to get i can try to get away with a little more than other people but Mm -hmm. but perhaps i'm thinking the book maybe will you turn it upside down it's like you know how japanese books you read from yeah a different direction Mm-hmm. I want to frustrate people and intrigue them at the same time. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife. <laughs> well, it's all about tension, right? Yeah, expectations and yeah, you know, which makes me think of the fire festival. Of course. Oh God, you know, that was so you know the potential for that things you know things might not go perfectly, and um, yeah, we do have. A great we have more than 400 people come to the beach this weekend wow we have we do have the weather on our side though forecast yeah. is for 70, yeah. 70 degrees and light wind i know that was the only thing i was worried about when you told me the time of year the and chef you were doing too. That, thought, i mean oh. jeremy and they they were like are you kidding and i'm like they told me if it's gonna rain they're gonna put a tent up i mean we're gonna do what we do you're ready for everything yeah, yeah. it happens we have we always have a plan B, and we actually always say we have a plan B and a plan C, because sometimes the plan B is not going to work, depending on the conditions. Yeah. Now, have you been at every single event, or do you miss a oh, few? I, I miss quite a number. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually make up, but I think I probably seventy four point three percent. Oh well, time. that's pretty high. I miss. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Depending, depending on the year. Right. This year, I think I think I'm near eighty percent this year. 
This year, um, just as I was like going through pictures and seeing things, you was this the first year you went to Europe? No, uh, two thousand eleven is the, was the first time we went to Europe. We went to six countries. We didn't have that many customers. Our, our event in Denmark had seventeen customers. Oh my goodness! I, Ireland was the biggest, about hundred people. Because she said you were Donovan, not Denovan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people just uh, people just didn't know us very well back then. But now, yeah. when we have an event in, in another country, it fills fills up, which is great. Yeah, but, but Shea Surge, Surge in Carpentras, he is someone we know for a lot of years. So oh, really? when I saw that, I was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, this is hilarious. Yeah, it's the range of uh, participants is. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, there's actually a documentary film that's coming out, and uh, at the um, it's going to be seen at some festivals first. But at the end of the film is a list of all the chef participants and farmer participants in the last twenty years. Wow! And of course, the type is so so so, small. In, so tiny you can't read it at all. What's it called? But, uh, it's called Man in the, Man in the Field. Man in the, oh, awesome! Now, now Sonic, can we just take a step back for a second and and so if people don't know exactly what we're talking about, so because I, I think we should sort of lay out what we're okay, talking about. Okay, well, so from my perspective, years ago, we farmed on uh, Benziger's Imagery Winery. We had three and a half acres and for the restaurant. And it was something we wanted to understand farming. We wanted to really get our staff more involved about where the food comes from and to also like kind of deal with wastage a little bit and let them feel how important and how hard it is to grow food. So we were doing that and John and I were like, oh my God, it would be really fun to do a few dinners out here. And we said, well, we should go to one of those outstanding in the field dinners. I think if you're in food and restaurants and in a contemporary uh, city or environment, you probably know of outstanding in the field or you know of an event that happened somewhere. I think maybe if you're not, if you're in a different, you know, um, job, maybe you wouldn't know. But I think you have to know if you're in food. So we went to the one on County Line, mm-hmm. and it was we were buying County Line produce also at the time. Our farm only did maybe ten percent of what we needed in the restaurant, so it was really more of a really art or philosophical than uh, need. But um, we had an amazing time. It was great. But looking at the logistics, we were like, there's no way we're doing this. <laughs> there was no way. Um, you need lighting. You need bathrooms. You need um, a lot of permits. And you that's what I'm people. saying. I, I, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking that people aren't understanding exactly what we're talking about. Because that, so, that, what it is is that you are putting out meals in different places where mm-hmm. people all they have to do is show up with or without a plate i'm assuming which True. they can bring you are providing tables chairs the food and, and bathrooms. beverage bathrooms bathrooms light beverages 100 percent luxury restrooms this year for the first time wow all locations that's nice 100 percent what luxury, luxury. luxury restrooms <laughs> not just Portable, um, luxury, not portable. Not just porta potties. Yeah, not just the construction site grade. Yeah, that's but nice. But truly comfortable. Mm. 
Yeah, they're attractive, like you know, like a, like a beautiful airstream, but it's a restaurant. Okay, mm-hmm. smells nice. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> but this is a little bit different. So unlike the let's say the the, the white, white dinner, dinners where right. you don't have any idea of the location until they have. This is you know you where know the location is going to be, so you plan on being there, and 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 then you get. I'm assuming local chefs. Well, it sounds like it didn't start out like that initially. It sounded like maybe you were doing the cooking, but now you're getting whatever area you go to, you find the local chefs or purveyors or farmers, farmers. that are able to to provide the meals for the people that are coming. Yeah, we're featuring the, the farmer as the as sort of like the, the central character in the in the this sort of opera in the field. Mm-hmm. They're the ones to be. We put them on a physical pedestal they stand on a box and talk about what they do give a tour of the site show what's significant about raising goats for cheese or being a rancher or you know, growing vegetables um, any number of things associated with food foraging and we tr- we we travel with uh, uh, trucks and trailers that contain chairs tables kitchen equipment we set up the stage for the guest chef and I, I did the first years of as the chef, and then started bringing in guest chefs. Craig Stolt of uh, Delfina was the first chef I reached out to oh. at the Ferry Plaza Market, and I actually had a bunch of pictures. And he said he didn't need to look at the pictures because the idea was so great. Yeah, he's awesome. Just, yeah, and we had a phenomenal event at Star Route. Um, he cooked nettle pasta for 175 difficult <laughs> we were told not to even go near pasta <laughs> but pulled back, you know, p- but pulled it off and and yeah we've been going ever since um 2004 was the first time that we crossed the country and that and i bought that bus that the old bus to mm. to try to popularize the concept and then to reach out to notable chefs like paul paul Kahn in chicago was the first Black Black chef Bird. that yeah and Avac and some other great restaurants. And he was the first chef to participate across the country. And then Dan Barber also participated. And Winstone Barnes Center for Food and Agriculture was just, the there was no farm. There was just the, when I called him, like cold call, he says, he says, I'm going to do the dinner at this place that, that doesn't actually have a farm, but we're going to talk about the vision for the farm that would eventually be there. So that was our first. That's kind of cool. First, first uh, event across the country. And then, uh, yeah, we've been crossing, just working with notable chefs ever since. And many of them, if they have a good experience, they'll want to do it again. <laughs> well, eventually they'll start paying you to be a chef, maybe. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> when who's picking the chefs? Um, myself and my team. And... When, when talking about who's picking the chefs, the, we're coming up with a schedule in d- December and January for the coming year, and all kinds of information is coming in. The guests have ideas about chefs that might participate, sites, the farmers have ideas. You know, it's just, it all, there's just enormous amount of information, and then we like figure out where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And then we try to go to 30 or, or 30 or 40% new places every year. Wow. Been, We've been to 18 countries now. We've been to all 50 states. Um, we go to places where there's 
going to be less less possibility of having a large table just to just for for culturally to like to be in, to be in uh, South Dakota, Oklahoma, or you know the parts of the country that Americans don't even see their own country. Yeah, and then uh, to sit down at a communal table and to actually have people from all over the country at one table. So every event has travelers. Every event is thirty to forty percent. Yeah. Or more from out of state. Really? That's what I was so curious it's about. It's always a surprise yeah. to the farmers that, you know, they're expecting to see folks they see at the farmer's market. And that kind yeah. Of so these are people that's that a big mix of locals their... and travelers. Yeah. So they guess. plan their vacation maybe around exactly. some of these dinners. Yeah. It's kind of like an anchor for for doing other things. And then when they, when I seen them at the table, they say, Jim, what do you think is a great place to go? What's, what's your favorite? And they're, they're kind of like the wheels are turning, like, where do we want to go next year? And there's many, many regulars that come year after year after year. Well, they sell out in like, what, an hour, 10 minutes? Yeah, there's the Big Sur event has more than 10,000 people going after you know, 150 seats. Wow. So that is, there's quite a few that are within seconds. And this year, yeah, this was this year was a very very big year for us. For we put, <laughs> we put, a, put out a lot of available seats for for guests to choose from, and they all sold out. So that's that's twenty thousand seats, which for a mobile restaurant, yeah, it's you know, it's, unreal. You know, I'm surprised. I when I started out saying in the field, I, I imagined, I thought about, I wanted to, the thought in my mind at the time was, I want this to exist in fifteen years, you know. Like, not just for, because it's fun to do something like that, and you, you know, you get a bunch of people to volunteer, or chefs to participate. You get the farmer to contribute the produce, and you're having a blast. And and then the farmers get annoyed after you ask for too much free stuff for right. years. The chefs are like, "No, nah, I don't think I'll do that this year." So from the very beginning, the price there was never volunteers. The price was always reflecting that everyone was getting paid, which meant there was almost no customers <laughs> because nobody wanted <laughs> to pay them as money. Yeah. And then over time, that's you know the, cult- the culture's changed a little bit towards people valuing experiences to the degree that they would pay what it costs to uh, to get a great chef to come out and then want to do it, you know, in a couple of years or, you know, or take a break or do it five years in a row or, and yeah, there's a few farms we've been to maybe more than 10, 10, yeah, more than 10 times. And there's winemakers that I think Randall Graham's participated maybe yeah. like 16 times over the years. It's and, so his thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually really excited because we only do Rhone varietals. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, I can't remember the other winery, which is really bad this weekend. But um, I'm like, oh, God, can't we have Rhone wines? I mean, that's our thing. And mm-hmm. so we were able to get Randall to come. Yeah, he's the Which best. was good. He's amazing. Yeah, I love him. He's fun. He's uh, quirky. Yep. And fun. <laughs> yeah. You could, we could have called it quirky in the field there. Yeah. <laughs> <Some other> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> but, I mean, it? it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, to make it a... I mean, it's still fun and people still love to go. And mm-hmm. then to make it a sustainable business, figure out how to do that. Do yeah, you give scholarships puzzle. at all? Um, the events are, well, the participants, people are also also paying for the farmer and the farmer's family to come to be there. And be, I guess a lot of times people don't realize that the price reflects that 
from 10 to 15 percent of the table are are people that are there for free the fishermen the cheesemaker the people that they're asked to to contribute are not only paid for their produce and their and their their time and their work they're invited to the table to be celebrated and and, uh to be pointed out as like as significant in culture and food culture so that's another thing that makes the price go higher but i do think as we've become more successful this i thought about different versions of like a lower price version there's folks that have of you know done homages or, or copies of what we do that have are actually focused towards family events mm-hmm. not not having alcohol there's a possibility of doing events where say it's picked like it's like a, a blanket on the ground there's fewer courses the chefs are maybe maybe our chefs and we don't bring in this you know the the, the notable chef of the year or the, or the superstar mm-hmm. there's ways to have a, a cheaper event it's just from my background and my experience that was what how i would prefer to do it i think people could do do it in mm-hmm. many different ways and that's kind of evolved around the united states and, and also around the world is that People do, you know, versions of what we do. They they put their own spin on it. But they're not traveling. They're doing it in their space generally. And yeah, generally, there's a few they're attempting to travel. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 an odd circumstance because, and in some in some way, the uh, evolution towards having so many events in so many countries and so many states came out of attempting to popularize the concept. There was there's a sort of a simultaneous thing going on in the first couple of years, which is that I really want this to be the catch on that people sh- should do this and bring farmers forward as being like central and, and not being like on the side and tangential to like cooking and food. And I simultaneously was thinking, you know, simultaneously thinking this is truly daunting, truly challenging to have a, a business that sustains you know, the, 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 that the staff might want to do it from year to year, considering how challenging it is. And, and you'd pay people and they'd be around for, I have staff that's been around for like for 10 years, for eight years, six years. And that was, but the first thing that came to mind is I'm going to make this popular. I want, to pe- I want people to want to do this anywhere in the country, even if it's not us, even if other people are doing it, because it's that powerful to sit at a common table and to share a meal and to have stories of food present, you know, where people can, I mean, good food and good wine is always going to do well, but to, uh, to have the story be as powerful as the taste, what happens with the taste buds, that's kind of, that was, that was the attempt. And yeah, it became popular to, to the degree that I always imagined it as half viable and half, you know, dream, but it's become entirely viable, <laughs> which, <laughs> which has taken an extraordinarily long time, really, because the events all lost money crossing the country. For how long? For At the least first few years? Probably seven years. Seven years. That. So what paid for it? The art? Yeah. The wow. art. The art's. The only reason outstanding the field exists is because of, because of the luxury range. Uh, yeah, range Rover hired me when I was out of money. I was giving away my tables and chairs for zero dollars to a nonprofit. I had a contract like, mm. to sign, ready to go, and I got a call for my first job with 
with my artwork. I've never been paid, never been paid a penny until that first job, which is to do a TV commercial for Range Rover. And all the money, and I was actually I was at County Line when it happened. Oh my good! Oh, I remember that. And ad. I, left, I left the yeah. Wait a second, that it was a commercial. Yeah. And Did I left, you shoot left, the commercial? So the, the agent was, yeah. And I was, the, and I was the, you know, was the principal performer. I made my art okay. for the commercial with the, the giant sand drawing and the Range Rover coming to a tall cliff and yeah. Oh my god! That's... So they paid me about two hundred thousand dollars. Oh and my all the, god! All the money went into outstanding the field to keep going, hmm. and shortly after that, came enough attention to bring enough guests to fill the table to actually make it a, vi- a, a viable business. And yeah, it was stressful. Well, you probably spent. Well, you probably spent the money that it would cost to open five or six restaurants. Well, it is true. And previous to that, I spent my my entire inheritance, which is why I was out of money. To start out, it was all of my inheritance. Mm-hmm. And then it was completely out. And then the art money came in, which is like saved the day. And so since then, I've done... I've done it's a little odd that outstanding the field is is economically viable now, and to some degree, maybe it feeds the, my art habit. But the art definitely, I mean, first off, the bus. I mean, look at that bus. It cost yeah. nine thousand dollars, but right now, yeah. there's no chance I'd have I would have that bus without the income from the art. It's not outstanding the field that supports the bus, a 1953 bus that can cross the entire country. I mean, the paint Every job, year. the paint job, and the de- and the rest and that I just did cost three times as much as the original cost of oh the bus. Oh my goodness! But looks nice though. It looks yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. fun for people to, and it has bunks, and people can you know use it as an RV, that kind of thing. Because does your staff travel with you on the bus, or is there you have like a caravan? Well, the yeah. well, the bus just came out of the shop two weeks ago, so it's gleaming. You know? um, but no, the, uh, we do use the bus as an RV when it's available. But the staff um, is traveling the country, and they're, they're staying in hotels, they're camping, Airbnbs. The farmer has has a house. You know, so kind of like just many different. There's a tour planner that could, that, that you know, figures out. out the accommodations for the crew. Throughout the and they're pretty flexible if they're willing to stay in all sorts of places. Yeah, there's seven key people, which we call the on-the-bus staff, regardless of where the bus is actually running that, that day or that week or that year. And then there's another group of staff, which is called the satellite staff. And they're sort of like, follow, they follow the band, sort of. They, they, all, they all work by the hour. So, and they take care of themselves, their accommodations and everything. Mm-hmm. I always tell people that's the cool job to take because you get to see the country, you can go to the national park, you can, and then you work at an event, and and what an amazing thing to see like the country through the the lens of like small farms, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. artists and producers, and and eat really well, and eat, yeah, very very well, <laughs> eat and drink, yeah, that camaraderie that mm-hmm. comes with that, and then the but the what we call the on the bus staff, they, they basically work you know, they're on salary. It basically worked too hard, you know. Yeah. To pull off all, you know, but it's rewarding to work that hard and have it all, you know, work. So they they have they get paid really well and. Well, they probably have gotten better and better at doing what they do. As yeah, the, the, go on, the, right? the logistics question is is 
very interesting from the perspective of the first year when we crossed the country with the old bus that I had to replace the engine and you know because it had the original parts <laughs> it would break down in the middle of nowhere oh my and the mechanics would come out there and, and they'd like throw up their hands and go I don't know <laughs> why are you driving this <laughs> yeah pretty much and so that and the people that went on that first tour would be you know the kind of people that are half crazy and, and adventurous while when the business, business slowly becomes more rational it attracts people <laughs> that would never have participated mm-hmm. in the first few years because they would think it was you know nuts no, that you guys were all on an acid trip. I yeah. mean. But now you have truly you know, like organized, thoughtful, you know, natural um, you know, logistics people. And, and, that, and that becomes figuring out the puzzle of how it would work from the, the perspective of time, money, and staff, and who to hire. And I have to say the last three or four years are extraordinarily consistent. I, I mean, I'm... To me, even to me, who's worked in kitchens and been a chef and been busy with, you know, figuring out how to make a restaurant successful that's like bricks and mortar, to seeing how, how I'm surprised at how, at how smoothly it can run to be, have a different chef at each site, different weather at each site, to set up a kitchen mm-hmm. out of nothing and have it and have all these variables go pretty smoothly it's got i mean I can, i'm kind of surprised myself even though i mean i wanted i, I imagine that it could possibly work but i'm pleasantly surprised that, mm-hmm. that it's going well. well i think that it has a better chance of succeeding with different chefs each event than if the chefs were doing it over and over again because exactly. it's like you know yeah, we're determined to do our the best of, job yes, exactly. possible the amount of energy that goes into yeah. And that brings up the other another subject, which is that since the schedule is just thirty to forty percent new, both with chefs and sites, a lot of the event, a lot of the events, the chefs chefs done it before, or the farmers done it before. If they were all, you know, like each time you have to go through the oh, yeah, this this is what we're gonna do. It's like there's no chance it would work. Okay. So because so it's like sort of building up over time, rational ways of mm-hmm. doing it it's this is pretty darn smooth i mean i mean we'll see this weekend but <gasps> don't say that oh my god no. I mean, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, the thing is yeah i mean i joke about it a little bit but there has to be i mean part of the fun is that the variables of weather right. and, and you when it goes when it goes well and it generally does go very well you you uh, there's there's a bit of fun in the fact that like is this crazy and then when it goes smoothly you're kind of like well it is crazy but it just went smoothly mm. yeah you know it, it's it's going to be challenges yeah oh I mean, I mean but chefs are the breed exactly. that they want to f- be able to f- do it and yeah fix and just, it and, sh- and just getting out of the usual you know mm-hmm. not not that there's anything every day about being a chef in a you know modern contemporary you know challenge you know creative restaurant but. To to be outside and you know be yeah. with be with your crew be in and nature. show them places where their food's coming from and and have that just just seeing the camaraderie of the sh- of the chef and the, the chef's crew together mm-hmm. being out outside and that's pretty fun yeah we we had all the challenges that I would expect almost everybody to have but then they were like no open flame 
So you guys can cook with an oven and a hot box. Yeah, it's a site, yeah. site associated site, yeah. with the, the bureaucratic, bureaucratic entities and the potential for, you know, fire season. and Which totally that, makes sense. And especially yeah. it's a fundraiser for one for one TAM. Yeah, we actually have, you know, we've had, <laughs> we've, you know, had more than a thousand events. We've actually had a couple of events which were raw food. <laughs> oh, really? No cooking whatsoever. But uh, on purpose or on, by on accident? Purpose. Oh, okay. I mean, we, you know, it's well, that's cool, a, though. That's fun to challenge. a lot of variables and different cooking styles and cooking. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a number of chefs that have never... Um, Honored chefs that maybe never cooked outdoors, and, right. and, and so it's kind of fun to give them options of what they might be doing outdoors, mm -hmm. and and then also of course working with notable chefs that are uh, you know extraordinarily talented with outdoor cooking. Francis Malman's did an event oh. with us in two thousand five, and. I actually saw him, uh, we were on a f flight together coming back from Miami where I was doing a project in the same mm -hmm. place where, he, where he's at. And I asked him, hey, do you, do you want to do an event? He said, I actually have already done one. Uh. <laughs> and he, he was just helping in the kitchen. But it's, it's uh, and, and, you know, chefs love to invite other chefs mm -hmm. that, not, that are not even from the same restaurant. It's like, right. hey, let's go outdoors and, like, let's mm -hmm. do something fun, interesting. And so. When you say you're not you're not allowed to use open flames, you're on a freaking beach. What are you talking about? It's, it's it's well, it's we're not well. I don't know where actually the kitchen's going to be. It's like fifty feet from there's the some, parking lot. Or there's something. some trees that are about yeah, seventy-five feet away. <laughs> it's just, okay, it's just yeah. the bureaucratic entities. I mean, like are we protecting thought, us from potential danger. Yeah, which huh. especially right now, I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll still be great. Yeah. the um, Well, we thought originally we could bring the pizza oven. We have a pretty big pizza oven that we could cook a lot of stuff in. Mm -hmm. But we'll do some of that stuff before we go. And, I mean, I think part of what we do is, you know, we're going to be, we're going to do a menu that we know we can execute. Right. And that um, well, you guys there's are a the, balance. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's kind of fun, the whole restrictions that, what comes out of restrictions mm -hmm. and how it is when you with writing a menu and you know pre, when i was a chef in the 90s you know up until 2006 especially i mean in the 90s yeah you call you you call a company which has access to all f foods Everything. that are from you know from the planet you know right. you can you can get Everything out of season, you can, and nothing, nothing says, nothing says I'm from your, you know, bioregion or anything like that. And so the restriction, like you only, the persimmons are in season, and you know, they got their window three weeks or whatever, and they're gone, and then they come back the next year, and yep, you, you have the option of per, using persimmons. The creativity that comes out of that versus you know having, being able to eat persimmons a lot, you know, a lot of the year. Right. When you when you think about world commodities, they're growing persimmons all over the place, not just right. in California. But well, and we had that with the figs because mm -hmm. um, we, you know, this year we could have figs this mm -hmm. week. We probably have a few, but do mm -hmm. we have enough for four hundred and eighty people? Mm -hmm. um, and I got a hold of friends that are down in Fresno, the California Fig Advisory Board, and. 
you know, hmm. what's the status there? And, you know, talk to the co-op farmers and they're like, well, maybe. And I'm like, you know, I can't go with maybe, yeah. you know, and, but mm. that, but that's also our philosophy with, you know, the fi- it's just enjoy the fig when it's in the season. I mean, mm. it's right there. It's not going to be there all year and mm. I don't want it to be there all year. Right. I want to taste fig when it's there and have a sense of time. Yeah, it's really. So, do you have a favorite one? I mean, I, that's like a really hard question. It's the most. Well, I walk along the table and chat with the guests, and oh, that's the most common question. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Well, I do. I do say. I I always say Big Sur. It was. It was actually Mount Fuji in Japan that was, that was oh, the favorite. Fabulous. Um, but Big, Big Sur passed it up um, recently. We we were Mount Fuji four years ago. And then we haven't been a big sure that eclipsed the, the Mount Fuji experience. But to to mention Mount Fuji quickly, that we uh, we had a uh, we had a farm tour where we were led the farmer led us to the table position, and which had curved precisely towards Mount Fuji, the world's most you know mm-hmm. symmetrical volcano, most amazing mountain, and then. So we arrived at the table. Everyone sat down, and it was it was cloudy because eighty supposedly eighty one days out of a year is is you can see Mount Fuji because it's obscured in clouds a lot. And so people sat down, and people they were asking, "Is that Mount Fuji over there, or is it over here?" Because <laughs> you could see the bottom of the mountains, and somebody's pointing to the completely opposite direction. And I'm like, no, no, it's actually over there. You know, pointing to this cloud, <laughs> and then. Um, only 10 minutes, I mean, a very short period of time, when people settled in and noticed there was like a little change going on towards Mount Fuji. And the r- remarkable, astounding thing was that it was like a, like a curtain on a stage that Mount Fuji not only appeared out of the clouds, but within less than a minute, everything just like opened up. Oh. And there's Mount Fuji and everyone... And the table's curving right towards it, oh. and everyone applauded for oh, the appearance, like, I would have for the appearance of Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah, very very emotional moment yeah. to make that effort, and you know have have a a, so, a soba master and a and sake producers and presentation of Japanese culture, and no Mount Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Do you having all of that? Uh, you know, Japanese master chef working with a chef from North America, the two of them collaborating to go to that effort and then and then have Mount Fuji, you know, appear out of the clouds. But yeah, Big we had an event at Big Sur, which is even more ex- extraordinary. Where did you set up at Big Sur? Um, we call it the secret location. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't we'll want to tell say, anybody. We'll just say it's in, yeah, it's in northern Big Sur. Uh huh. It's just north of uh, Point Sur itself. Yeah, but was that on the beach as well? No, it's very, very. I was thinking of how many varies to say. It's probably f- very, very, very difficult to reach. Ooh. And you, we uh, people park park remotely, and the shuttles take you on a journey that maybe might remind of like a, a Peruvian mountain pass or <laughs> or um, the Himalayas or something. And yeah, this is you're traveling along, and you look down, and it's, you know, if the driver makes a mistake, it's yeah. all over. That kind of site. So, 
and so it's a ranch and uh, that's crazy. And the table's on this peninsula of land that like curves out towards like a view that's like one of the world's most astounding views. Mm. And, and yeah, it's just it's, it doesn't get old, does it? It's jaw dropping slash gasp, gasp. People gasp. They like <gasps> they see the, they get out of the shuttle and, and but yeah. Well, nothing makes food taste better than appreciation of life. <laughs> True, yeah. Once yeah, you get the, there, oh, the it's not my last We actually, yeah, we've had a few people that arrived at the, the the vantage point where the table is, and they said, can I go back down the mountain? So, which brings up, you know, ex- the idea of experiences and experiencing experiential dining and you know, certainly we don't want real danger. Maybe the appearance right. of danger. The drivers are trained. You know, this, these are professional shuttle drivers that right. have been, you know, have done the trip before. They go. it's not their first trip up the mountain. They yeah. express confidence in their, you know, <laughs> realizing their professional goal of getting people just, places safely. But yeah, just bump the liability insurance up yeah. a little bit for that event. But, um, and we we also have events at the beach, which are. I think this weekend the conditions won't be right, but which are playful, and that mm-hmm. I purposefully have the table in a, in a location where the the high tide can you know sweep, mm-hmm. sweep underneath the chairs. I saw that one, like one of those events yeah. that you did. It was fabulous. Yeah, people, people, I actually suggest that if you want to, you know, which side of the table you want to sit on, if you want to risk getting having a wave hit you mm-hmm. at high tide, fun that, stuff like that. Really? Yeah, do it on purpose. Oh. And um, yeah, we had an event in an oyster farm in the Northwest where the people arrived to see the table that wasn't underwater completely to the, where the chairs are, just below the seat mm-hmm. and floating maybe about, maybe almost 75 yards offshore and no, no weights and there's no trail to, to, the, to the table at all. It's just floating in the water. And that's the first thing they see because the, the event... And the date is timed so that they walk down the trail and see the table. And by the time they, by the time they walk over and have a drink and chat with the farmer and go on a little tour, the the tide has dropped down and people just walk out and sit down. And then when the dessert comes, they see the tide has has reapproached, and is just about to touch the table. And then everyone carry and then everyone leaves and we carry the table off the. <laughs> you know, on, it's all on purpose. It's amazing. Because just knowing that the, the tide, checking the tide tables ahead of time. Yeah. So that's that's kind of you know just using the, the natural world, throwing throwing a little mischief in there, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, people want that. I mean, yeah. they want to be entertained. And one other thing we we do is we go as far as walking the table into shelter when uh, radar shows a thunderstorm coming. Say we're in Minnesota oh. or something like that, mm-hmm. and the table's all in segments. Say like twenty tables is um you know is one hundred and forty people or something like that. And like does that. everybody carry it? Uh, everybody. Helps. No, we we've learned to not have the, the okay. guests help because <laughs> sometimes they've had a few drinks and they're they're not very mm-hmm. helpful. So we 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 say hey we're gonna have the the gentleman who brought the beer he's gonna talk about beer let's let's meet over here right. <laughs> and then the staff like, <laughs> they, walk, they walk everything uh, out uh, into the barn and we do the opposite also in the when the weather becomes very beautiful we'll walk the table out of the barn in the middle of the event mm. and put it in the sun uh so we're flexible with that kind of thing that being said the staff is you know sometimes 
How does it challenged. how does it feel being a nomad? I mean, because basically, yeah, it's, that's a good question. Well, I've been on the road since um, twenty years. Yeah, t- well, two thousand four is when it started cross, crossing the country, but mm-hmm. but there was a very small number of events when we crossed the country then. Mm-hmm. Because there were very small number of customers, <laughs> and so it's really only the last eight or nine years where we cross the country every year, and there's thousands, many many thousands of customers. But yeah, to get right into it, it's uh, it's definitely can be challenging to. Uh, I just I just took some time off and went to a friend's. Uh, um, her friend had a wedding, so I, I get away. Yeah, you I make to, time. I go to my seventy-four point five events. <laughs> yeah, seventy-five percent, and then well, you know, find your place. I miss where some. You're sane. Do some. Yeah, but it's it's interesting that I'm here today because it's pretty much today's the official day that I, I basically I just I'm gonna drive I'm gonna drive home today. So are you it's driving the, to Santa Cruz? Yeah, today? I'll, be, I'll be home because the next event's in Big Sur. But I haven't spent time spent time at home since since uh, July is when I went off on the tour. Okay, so wow. I've seen home a couple times since then. Well, thank you for being with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I'll, but I'll, but I'll um, at the coffee shop across the street in Cat and Cloud. These are the kinds of things you think about when you've been on the road for a very long time. It, um, I'll have my I'll go back to my um, home habits. You know, walk across the street, get a cup of coffee. Then walk to the, down to the beach and routines. That's Ooh. the best thing about yeah being home from traveling. And they were, they were just named the t- number three coffee shop in the country for food and wine. Wow. What is it called? It's called Cap and Cloud. It emerged out of the Verve coffee people. I don't know. They're kind of oh, notable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go go congratulate them when I get home <clears> today. That's awesome. And now how did the art start? Did you, Were you just as a kid? You just naturally... Artistic. Um, I'm, I'm naturally good at improvisation. So the hmm. maybe the whistling, and other kinds of, but I do sing. I sing a lot and performed. I perform dance a bit and things like that. But the wait, what kind of dance? Um, Naked dance under the full moon with a fire blazing. Dirty girl. Really? I don't know. I'm like picturing this man on the road. (laughs) That's that's pretty good. No. (laughs) See, Brian. But yeah, no, I. Yeah, interpretive dance, of course. Mm -hmm. Improvisational, you know, that kind of thing. What kind of music? Um. Just I don't know. I was listening, I was listening to Portishead today. It was yeah. It's good for dancing that type. I, I don't know. We call it all kinds of music, but the yeah the film has it's a little bit of dancing in it. So if you're, if you're a fan of dance, okay. From it, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then originally, when you were doing when you were doing pieces that were so large, the, I'm assuming it was before you had the ability to actually see it from above, right? Yeah. The the I don't actually think too much about seeing it from above, because the construction of the construction of the artwork is more related to uh, to how something relates to. I mean, I don't have to go check. It's all freehand too. I, there's no yeah, measure. Wow. And 
it's sort of like how one line relates to another line that I've already made. And so over time, it becomes, it, it, it's rational. Mm-hmm. Also, there's as a big aspect of it that's meditative, but it's um, in equal measure physical because it takes a lot of um, strength and endurance to make. One of those drawings is as much as 25 miles of walking yeah. in a day. Wow. Like that. Generally, I mean, more like 12. I mean, that is just so people, you have to look at the Instagram account, but I mean, that is just so stunning. That's just four months ago. That was during, that was in July 5th. Just stunning. It's just shadow and like knowing how to work with the sand. We had dinner the next day for 300 people in Vancouver. It was associated with the art, um, something called the Vancouver Sculpture Biennale. And I did both the art and the table. Wow. Multitasking. So do most of the staff, do they make, well, do they make it? Do they stay a whole season? Um, yes, they do. Wow. They do. There's been, I can think of two people that in the beginning there, this is too much for me. I just can't do this. You know, other people might have the stamina for this, but I'm going to have to. You know, and then some of the get others, off the bus. Then, yeah, some of the other staff will like encourage them. You know, you can get through this, and um, yeah, it's it's challenging, but but people do. Yes, they stick it out. Did you ever do one at Burning Man? Um, no, I have not done a table there. In the where I done where I did the the world's largest artwork, um, which is more than ten miles around. It was out in the same region as Burning Man, okay. but not at the same time of year. About, mm-hmm. about six miles away to the east. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I know the one of the founders of Burning Man, and the, and they're associated with the museum in mm-hmm. in Reno. Them, okay, have, I'll be having a show there. But um, so I, yeah, awesome. I hope to, yeah, I hope to do something at Burning Man. That's that's so in Bermuda, beautiful. done simultaneous to a. We had a table on exactly the same location as. Oh. as the, it looks like the top of umbrellas. It's just like so beautiful. Beach, so. I mean, but yeah. you know, Brian, you're right. I mean, you know, ten years. Like, how long's a drone been actually available to even? Yeah, I used to rent full size helicopters. Right. <laughs> which is really, really, which is really expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, drones. It's like much, I, I mean, this is better. reminds me of like. Um, what are they called? Crop circles. Crop circles. Yeah, mm-hmm. crop circles. Like yeah, being you know on the a crop, plane. You know the people that make crop circles, <laughs> the best ones. Really? They're not maybe aliens. I'm sorry to say. No. Don't. No. Do people say they are? Of course no, they I do. I think you they're people. They're your brothers. They're your cousins. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been suggested. Mm-hmm. Know, I've, they're your I've people. Been called an alien a few times, but so they have a very different process though but their their compositions are already made before oh. they ever get to the field because they're made with a, with a on a computer or on a graph paper oh, huh. and then it's one inch equals 10 feet and they go out there and they just put the they put the drawing that they've already made and make it really really big oh geez and, and i've i've done a little bit of it but it takes about four or five people because if you're gonna work you have more people you don't have to work as late into the night if you do it by yourself, you'd be there from sunrise, sunset to sunrise. And then, so, but what I do is completely different in the sense that the composition doesn't exist until the first mark is made on the sand. And every 
line relates to that first mark. I'm not, I haven't. I'm not going out there. And you don't have a preconceived idea. It evolves from the previous mark that I've made, so it much like a like a growing plant or something like that. Do you so. count the marks? <clears throat> no, there's no counting. This I love. This picture. Um, this is where is this? This I don't know where it is. Santa Cruz. Yeah. But I love it's the perspective of the person showing how large this project is. I mean, that person looks like an yeah. ant yeah. on that. Yeah, it's it's just, just incredible. Those are just uh, so attempts, inspiring. attempts to make perfect circles over yeah. several hours. Yeah, They're amazing. just perfect-ish. They look perfect, but they're just perfect. Perfect enough. They're, yeah, they're, they're freehand, so they're not... Yeah. Uh, so yeah. great. So what... So you have a movie, you have mm -hmm. a few more events this year, and then you're going to plan. You've got a show coming up. Do you have the next big um, step for yourself? Like, is there something brewing? There's a yeah. There's a lot of I have a lot of plans. Um, first thing I'm going to do is rest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little tired from the season. All the things it's I've been a doing. lot. It's also a lot to talk to yeah. all these people. They take a lot of energy out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make a point to, to chat with the people along the table, mm -hmm. and um, that's part of the reason I don't want to do more more events. <laughs> yeah, because in a sense, it's it's more, it becomes more it difficult. Becomes obligated to con connect well yeah. with people mm -hmm. at the table. If uh, but I can, I can kind of do it. The size of things are are now. It's like. Mm -hmm. I can see that it exceeds the sweet spot if it, if it's any more people than it is now. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of it's good to realize that. And I, and I do have this whole art career thing. I, and <laughs> I, one thing I mean, outstanding the field is so stable. You know, right. it's, it's it's even to say that is kind of like yeah, don't jinx. And it. to know it, I mean, it's like because yeah. it, it because it's such a. This is such a lark of sorts. You're like I'm gonna try to do this thing, and you know, like see if it works. And and for it to get to the place where it's truly like we, the customers are very loyal. We have you know chefs that participate year after year, the farmers, and so it's working. So it feels good. And maybe that's in when you ask about you know the future and such. Maybe that's the best way to approach it. I have all kinds of great ideas about things that I might do. And, and the things that I'm excited about, but I think it's a more successful idea is to uh, to recognize that with the stability and success of the of the idea that it's time to to relax a little bit. Especially, mm -hmm. I mean, the season's just finishing. Is one thing. Right. So, other than home, like where where can you relax? I'm a surfer, so. Anywhere there's good waves. Waves. Somewhere. The whole, um, go out and catch a couple of waves, lay on the beach, do a little reading, go back out in the ocean, catch a few more waves, mm -hmm. go to the beach, lay on the sand. Have a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe have a beer in the day, which I don't really like to drink in the day. So maybe that's my big vacation thing. <laughs> it's just like, so you're basically a simple man. We just... I'm just... Yeah, it's rest and relaxation. Yeah. Of course, the problem with the whole beach vacation thing is that the sand might be great for doing art. 
which might lead me to doing <laughs> <rocks>. art. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably I'll pick a I'll pick a, a wave that has a rocky coastline or something. Can you hear the ocean from your house? I can, actually. That's a. I love that question because I, I grew up. Um, house that uh, my mother's house that I grew up. Um, I could see the ocean, so I could see the the changes in the light, and also hear the sound. But now, I'm further from the ocean, but I can hear it. Mm-hmm. And then if I lean out the the front of my property and near the coffee shop and look down the street, I can just see a tiny bit of it. And um, yeah, there's something about hearing the yeah, hearing the sound of the ocean is just phenomenal, and mm-hmm. and hearing it change throughout the year from when the storms come in, that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to being home and hearing the sound of the waves if, and then yeah getting out there and catching a few yeah well, pretty awesome I'm really excited it's going to be really beautiful yeah I mean, I, and I'm going to make some art too yes thank you wait you, that wasn't decided when you walked in the well, door I want it I'm begging <laughs> so that's a thing now what, do you want to come yeah. Brian you want to work in the kitchen with us I'm, no. I'm leaving for Hawaii on Friday oh, that's so right, right, right. I will not I forgot I would love to go you just right. have to check the drone photos yeah it's going to be really amazing the, the beach compositionally is it's just perfect for for doing both the art and the table yeah. and I just get the feeling that Mike the Baker is going to jump on his caravan and we will never see oh, Mike the Baker it's possible again. though do you know Mike Zakowski? Um, he's a baker he did an event I don't know mm-hmm. for someone he's he's just an amazing baker and I said will you do the bread he did the bread for our anniversary but his mm-hmm. bread is just it's incredible awesome there's quite yeah. a few there's been quite a few people I'm sure during the circus yeah. ran off and joined the circus when they no he's in love though right now I don't think unless he's taken the whole no. family well, could bring the loved one along she's, yeah, she, he, he should be in love she's yeah. beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's really cool and people are um, you know I love highlighting everybody that's you know Marin French and Laura Chanel and you oh, know yeah, just yeah they're just people awesome and are you guys serving wine too? Randall's going to be there. So Randall's going to do Randall's it's all Bonnie there. Doon. No, I can't remember the other name. It's a Pinot producer and a Chard producer. That's why I don't can't remember. It's from somewhere here or somewhere in Santa Cruz or Monterey. I don't. I can't even remember. Okay. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I had it in my head like three times I can't and then so I lost it. But I'm sure it's delicious. Most likely it's close by. Yeah. It looks like they're going to send me an email and say, Jim, you don't. Yeah. Uh, Well, a good thing about Randall is you have a lot of screw caps sitting on the beach. (laughs) Do people ever bring their own wine or is that forbidden? They do. They definitely bring their own wine. Just kind of. It's okay. Yeah. But, you know, the winemaker will be walking around and and we'll see you, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have to put the bottle under the table. Or share. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you have to share with everybody. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of Yeah. That's so fun. I'm really excited. So now, Sandra, are you bringing your own plate? Well, you know, I'm in the kitchen, so I'm not sitting. Um, I'm not bringing a plate. I'm going to work with the crew. Do you know anyone that's actually going? 
No, John. Um, no, I mean someone that has paid to go to the event. Have you heard from people here locally? Uh, the that... only person I know that's going is Michael Carpenter, the wrong, the wine guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gibson, Gibson Thomas is the um, publisher for Edible, Marin and uh, Wine Country. She's coming as a oh, guest. Yeah. Um, she'll do an article in an upcoming issue, which Beautiful. is great. Yeah, she's awesome. My son will get the drone photos. So. Yeah, she'll be really excited for the yeah. article. Yeah, she's like, they're going to have a photographer. It's, it is going to be, a, the table will be a perfect circle. Yeah, that's Speaking okay. of, yeah, it'll be like a drawing in the sand, but made of tables. Yeah, fun. But um, there will be three openings in the circle. So you well, can I hope get, so for so your you server. Right. Seriously. Not over, climbing under. I mean, because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, like, no, they're no. going to be walking miles and then walking mm. on the sand. I mean, that adds like. Yes. Yeah. It's really good for your calves. Right. Calf muscles. I yeah. mean, or challenges your calf muscles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in the kitchen. What, are you sure you're going to miss the interpretive dance in the middle of the circle? Uh, I'm going to bring binoculars. <laughs> that is a good idea. Right? Because it it's a natural stage, the center of the yeah. circle. Yeah. It is. Oh, ooh. Ooh, we're going to have art and naked dancing <laughs> under the moon. <laughs> Let's pick out a good Portishead song. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're tempting me. And the beat goes on. Oh, please, no. And the beat goes on. Well, that's why it's... <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very jealous, yeah. Andre. I wish I could. Yeah. Well, this was so fun. I mean, thank you for sharing your time and sure. I know it's valuable and driving, driving and yeah, really look forward to drinking thanks, your Kool Aid on Saturday. Thanks for having me, and I think we'll, I think we'll have a blast. Other yeah. than you know having sore calves, <laughs> yeah. wearing small small grass <laughs> sandals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and enjoy your time off yeah. when you get it. It's coming very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And so people, if they, um, well, next year, outstandinginthefield.com is the website. And I hear you yeah. have a new website coming. Yeah, it's a, we got a refresh of the site. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be in a couple of days, actually. That, yeah. But um, regarding, yeah, we're, we're actually putting on a winter tour in about, Five days, ticket sales will happen on wow. the, this weekend. Actually, for it's a smaller tour; it's only mm-hmm. like fourteen events, and only. then are, including Australia, oh, and, among several, and uh, uh, Oaxaca, where uh, some, oh. where the mescals made. When are you going to be in Oaxaca? That'll be in February. February, in February, yeah. and then the main tour is the major tour with ninety plus events. Is from May to November, and that yeah, sign up for that on March twentieth. March twentieth, tickets start. Yeah, and so you can check out the schedule on March first, and then pick your pick your spot mm-hmm. among March first, among the March more 20th. than ninety events, and and yeah. we'll see you at the table. And then for people, do you have a website for your art? Uh, it's my name, jimdenovan.com, but best to go to my Instagram Instagram account, which is also my name. That's where you see more up-to-date pictures and of cool stuff, including the putting the bus on top of a mountain in Big Sur, which is the last image I placed oh. on there. Wow! Which looks a little crazy, but the bus <laughs> the bus did make it down the hill. So it's awesome. 
new breaks. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. This was lovely. Thanks really. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun at the dinner, Sandra. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Have fun in Hawaii. Like a good time. Thank you. I know. Well, that's what I lived in Hawaii for a while. So that there's something different that's about your hearing, relaxing there's something space. different about hearing the ocean. There's mm-hmm. which is something it's wonderful different. Yeah. That's why I keep looking at Sea Ranch for real estate. Really? Oh, I thought you were going to say a restaurant. No, no. (laughs) Those days are done. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you very much um, for listening. If you want to check out some of our past episodes, you can go to thebikeoson.com. Lots of information there for you. Also, go to Radio Misfits. Leave us a, a review if you want. Nine star. Leave us a 74 star review. Right. Leave us five five stars. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> That's care. a 25 star. <laughs> and uh, uh, if you have any uh, guests that you would like to see have us on, you can always email um, um, Sandra. Don't email me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been The Bike Goes On. We'll look forward to talking to you next week.